<laughs> Can we give it up for that video too? That was the first time I had seen that and it almost brought me to tears when uh, we were doing the run through. I was like, oh my goodness, that's, that's amazing. So I'm so honored to be up here speaking to y'all. I'll be honest, normally I, I, I am singing up here on the worship team at North and I remember I think the last time I was up on a stage uh, at church was doing the Gateway Super Bowl preach-off. Did anybody see that? You guys did? Yes. Yeah, that was ridiculous. That was crazy. I was uh, Justin Timberlake embarrassing myself for the, for the halftime show. But what's even better is having my dad. I don't know if you guys noticed this, but I had my dad embarrassing himself with me as an out-of-sync, in-sync dancer. That was crazy. That was insane. No, I'm not actually here to talk about that, even though that's really fun. What I'm here to talk about today is, uh, is, is social media. You know, isn't it crazy just how connected we all are? I mean, like, think about it. From the push of a button, it's never been easier to, to keep up with each other's lives. As incredible as this interconnected world that we live in right now is, you know, there's really some traps, though, that can, that can rob us of our sense of worth as a person. And that's what I want to talk to you about today, that you are so much more than just liked. How you or, or your kids can stay true to who God made you and them to be while living in the social media obsessed generation. Okay, now why am I talking about this? Well, I've actually had some experience on social media um, and especially experience feeling what it can do to, to my personal self-worth and to our self-worth. And uh, I, I actually remember um, we're going back when I was 12 years old. I remember I asked my dad. He, he might be here somewhere. I'm not sure about. It. I asked my dad, and I was like, "Dad, please give me a video camera." And so he ended up getting me a video camera. And like any crazy 12-year-old, I started recording videos and I started putting them on a new site at the time called YouTube. And um, and these were like kind of parodies. It's almost like a like a young weird Al Yankovic, if anybody can relate to that. But oh, they were ridiculous. Well, let me just say these are some of the most embarrassing videos. And uh, we're in church, so you guys aren't allowed to judge me. And so I thought it would be kind of funny to, to, to play some of them. Wow! Oh, no. Hey, guys. It's oh. Justin. This, this is my first ever video blog. So I just don't really know what I should do. Uh, the master, yeah. Everyone's jealous because it's so close, How did my parents let me do this? What the heck? So since all I do is gym band But every time they ask me I'll do I look this great I'll say When you see my face The situation's out of place Because I'm amazing just the way I is. This is behind the scenes of my videos. Got him. <laughs> my dad eating chocolate chips, you know? I should have left this one out. Oh, gosh. Oh, gosh. No. Oh, my tribute to Napoleon Dynamite there with the eye of the liger. It's not deserving applause. <laughs> Thank you, guys, though. You know, I've learned to just embrace that craziness as a kid, but what's even crazier and embarrassing, honestly, is how, how some of these videos actually got popular and then how addictive that sense of being liked can actually be. 
you know, I've been through some hard lessons throughout my, my journey on social media, but luckily, you know, I've learned lessons that hopefully I'm able to, to share to now the youth today and, and, and help them on their journey. You know, I have learned a lot. I've seen, I've seen so much of the good that comes from social media, but I've also seen so much of the bad. This new social media culture has so many opportunities, but there are these dangerous traps that can cause us to, to really lose our self-worth as a person and get our worth caught up in it. And we definitely don't want that. We need to avoid those traps. You know, there's a reason that Facebook's ex-president won't even let his own kids on the platform. This is crazy. Take a look at what he says. He says, Facebook literally changes your relationship with society, with each other. It probably interferes with productivity in weird ways. God only knows what it's doing to our children's brains. Golly. You know, he explained that when Facebook was being developed, the objective was to consume as much of your conscious attention and time as possible. You know what else he said? He says that it was intentionally designed, the features like the like button, was actually intentionally designed to give you a little hit of dopamine every once in a while to keep you engaged on the platform. You catch that? It was designed to give you a little hit of dopamine to keep you addicted. You know, for those that don't know, dopamine is, is most known as the, as the feel-good chemical in the brain. And when we perceive something to be good, that's when, that's when the dopamine neurons are activated. And the reinforcement comes into play um, when the dopamine is released in the brain. And this can, kinda, this can create a reinforcement when, when the behavior is done again and again. And that's where the addiction can really begin. And the problem is we can get sucked in to the, to the addictive dopamine hits of social media to the point where... You know, we can get our self-worth caught up in it, and I know that I've personally been there. You know, social media is an amazing tool, but there are traps that we need to avoid that will cause us to lose our self-worth as a person. So I want to go over a few of those today, and the first one I want to go over is called the comparison trap. It's called the comparison trap. You know, have you ever asked yourself, maybe scrolling through Facebook or Instagram, and you know, you're thinking to yourself, you're like, Ah, man, they've got it all together. They have this perfect life. Why don't I have that perfect life? I know I've been there. Or, man, why didn't I make the team? Why isn't my music like theirs? Or, you know, why is it this, that, this, that? Just comparing ourselves. And it's called the comparison trap because it's just that. It's a trap. You can't win. There will always be somebody who is more popular, better looking, richer, more talented. The list goes on and on. You know, you can't win. And the other thing is sometimes we compare and draw false conclusions about somebody else's life and somebody else's story when we really don't know the reality of what's going on. You know, comparison is, old, is as old as humanity, but social media just makes it so easy to do when we're scrolling through those feeds and just wishing that we had the perfect life like everybody else. I know I've been there. You know, here's the thing, though. The lifestyles portrayed on social media are not reality. They're not what they seem. Trust me, like, it's not the full picture, right? I mean, why is that? It's because people post the highlights. You might have heard that before. People post the highlights, not the hardships. And, you know, no one's to blame for that. Like, you know, I don't want to post, yay, I got, you know, fired for the third time this year. Nobody wants to post that. I don't want to post that. That's okay. But the issue is, you know, when we compare ourselves to, to other people's betrayed lives of highlights, when life has its ups and downs, and that's just natural. So that's the important thing, is just to know not to compare and to know that what you see on social media is not the full story. That's why scripture tells us, pay careful attention to your own work, for then you will get the satisfaction of a job well done, and you won't need to compare yourself to anyone else. 
Now, I really believe that God doesn't want us comparing to other people and feeling either bad or on the other side feeling really prideful about ourselves. You know, I think that God wants us to, to do the, the best that we can for him. And then beyond that, let it go. Let it go because we can't control it. And, you know, here's the other thing. We all have the same fears and insecurities. You know, if you've ever felt insecure about something at one point, I'm sure I felt that exact same feeling. I'm sure, I would honestly bet that we all have. You know, we're, we're more alike than we like to think, right? You know, even NBA basketball legend Kobe Bryant admitted to struggling with insecurities at times. In a pregame interview, he explained how his feelings of self-doubt and fear of failure can creep up before a game. But when he actually embraces them and reminds himself of what he's capable of, he actually uses that to help propel him forward to achieve his goals even more. You know, what I like to say is just focus, focus your energy on the present right? There is no need to compare where you are to somebody else because you don't need to live their life. You're only responsible for your own life. Be faithful to be the best you can be with what you've uniquely been given. Treat people God has put in your life with love and kindness, and then beyond that, let it go because there's nothing else that you can do. You know, Staying true to who God made you to be is the best way to live, but how? You know, it really comes down to knowing that your image or popularity online does not define who you are, and I'm passionate about it because I struggle with this. You know, now I like to, when I'm doing um, my, my content to, to, to youth, I, I always like to say, you know, hey, it doesn't matter if you get 10,000 likes or zero likes, you're still the same amazing person who was uniquely created for something incredible, right? And don't ever forget that social media apps are literally just games on your phone. Facebook's like a game on your phone, and that could be here today and gone tomorrow. And it doesn't make sense to let it define you, right? Instead, let God define you. I love the way Jesus explains it in the message translation. He says, God never overlooks a single bird, and he pays even greater attention to you, down to the last detail, even numbering the hairs on your head. So don't be intimidated. You're worth more than a million. You know, only God knows you so intimately that he knows the hairs on your head and he's telling you that, hey, I love you the way you are. I made you unique. I love you that way. There's no need to compare yourself to anybody else. And I think that's incredible. But, you know, easier said than done, right? It's tough when, when social media can sometimes, you know, rear its ugly head. You know, one story that really sticks out in my personal life um, is... Um, th the first time I was, uh, I, I was pitched to a record label. So uh, you saw those videos. You know, I, luckily, I improved a little bit since then on my singing. And you know, I really um, put tons of time. I spent about three years not doing anything else, just honing in on that. And uh, I thought God was really opening up the opportunity. And when the time come to, to pitch to a label, um, you know, the first answer was, kid, you don't, you don't have it. You don't have it, you know, good luck. It was one of those, right? And, you know, I get it, boo-hoo, poor kid, right? I mean, okay, whatever. But, and I, I get that now, but at the time, that was like my life, right? I don't know if you've ever been there. You work so hard for something, you feel like that is me, that's my life. And to see that kind of crumbling down, it just shot me. And the reason I say that is because I just remember I would scroll through the roster of artists just comparing myself. How do I, you know, size up to them? I should be on, you know, and, and it just really clouded up my mind and it wasn't healthy and it definitely wasn't healthy you know nothing kills confidence more than jealousy in comparison jealousy will lead you on a path far from your true self it lies to you telling you that your worth is relative relative to how you compare to others 
And that's not reality. It's going to lock you in a prison. Jealousy will lock you in a prison, holding you back from reaching your full potential and being the best version of you that God wants you to be. You know, Scripture says this. It says, let us strip off every weight that slows us down and let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. And I have to remind myself of this every day. This is something that, you know, I still every day have to remind myself to not fall for the comparison trap. And, you know, I, I like to say comparison is danger. It's like a toxic. And, you know, I'd hope that we all wouldn't drink poison. <laughs> and so don't drink comparison, right? Avoid it like the poison that it is. All right, the next trap I want to get into is, is what I call the hater trap. And, um, yeah, and this is basically just letting the negative opinions of others dictate your actions and keep you from pursuing the passions that you really feel God has put in your heart. You know, everybody has an opinion, and haters are always going to hate, 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 right? Shout out to Taylor Swift, you know? It's just inevitable. And with social media, I mean, it's like we're opened up to millions of opinions. And so it really is just, it's just inevitable. And, you know, parents helping kids, don't forget to tell your kids that sometimes there are just trolls on the Internet that are just going to hate regardless. It doesn't matter how talented you are. You're just going to hate. I think that's really important um, for, for the youth to know and, and always remember as well. You know, to this day, for every 10 comments, it doesn't really matter with the video. I, I'll always get at least one to two negative ones. Um, and I kind of want to take a look at some of these. I found these the other day. Um, all right. There are people on YouTube who are really good singers. Then there are those who should just stick to talent shows or singing in the shower. You, my friend, just stick to the shower. Sorry for the bluntness. Jeez. And these are on mine. These are on mine. Let's go to the next one. This is terrible. How did you manage to kill such a good song. Oh, and I'm like 15 at the time, so I'm like, no, what? Let's go to the next one. Here we go. Oh, this is a good one. I laugh upon the fact that you look constipated in multiple screenshots. <laughs> I was going to act them out, but I'll spare you guys of that. All right, let's move on to the next one. Oh, great. Okay. Ah, uh, bleep. Again, a uh, bleepin' Justin Bieber. <laughs> Which one of be cool? I really thought I found the song with good quality, then I see crap. I say that in church. I can say that in church. Okay. Dude, you can bleep my bleep. All right. There we go. You know, you can't spell, but you can roast. I'll give you that one. Let's move on to the next one. Okay, now this wouldn't be that bad. This is so cringy. Okay, whatever. But 64 thumbs ups? Come on. These are my videos. All right, let's go to the next one. Okay, I hate you. That was so stupid. Tell me how you really feel, right? Okay, golly. Move to the next one. Couple more. Die a painful death bleep hold. Jeff. Golly, Jeff. <laughs> I guess I know how Jeff feels. Okay, there we go. And the final one here. You are, I got to act it out in the voice I hear this in. You are an idiot. Ha ha ha. You are an idiot. Ha ha. Loser. <laughs> now, these are funny looking back, but, you know, I mean, they really hurt in, you know, when I was younger. And I'll be honest, I mean, it, it, they still can hurt me to this day. But man, when I was younger, these really hurt. And I, I even let the shadow dragon, I don't know if you catch that, but that last one was from the shadow dragon. And, you know, he's an 11-year-old kid, but it still was hurting me regardless. And the question really is, when you or your kids are getting hate or gossip, how do you not let it crush your self-worth, right? How do you not let that hate or gossip stop you from pursuing the passions that you feel God has put on your heart. 
You know, when you put yourself out there, you're just going to get criticism. You're going to get some negative opinions. Like Aristotle said so profoundly thousands of years ago, the only way to avoid criticism is to be nothing, do nothing, or say nothing. And, you know, we can't live that way. And nor should, should everybody as Christ followers. We definitely shouldn't live that way. You know, just remember, hate may hurt you, but it can't stop you, right? You can't let hate stop you from pursuing the, the passions that you truly feel God has put in your heart. If you quit because of what other people say, you let hate win. God puts you in this world for a purpose, and I really believe he's put a passion inside of you. And you can't let negativity block or crush that passion. You know, but I didn't do that, all right? So I was getting those comments, and, you know, I quit. It got to, I let hate get to me, you know? And this was at a time when everything was opening up. You know, millions of views, I was pushing it, I was pushing music, opportunities were coming up. I was about to, to live my dreams, right? And I couldn't handle that. I quit. I quit releasing music. I quit making videos. I quit it all about a year and a half, and I came back, and guess what? Opportunities came and gone. Everything had come and gone, and, you know, it was uh, one of the biggest mistakes I've ever made in my life, but it was also, like, one of the biggest lessons I've, I've ever learned. I mean, after that moment, I vowed to myself, hey, I'm never going to give up. I'm never going to quit because of what somebody else's negative opinion is of what I'm doing, especially if, what I, if I feel it's what God has put in my heart to do. And, you know, luckily, God has opened me up with other opportunities since then, and you know what? This isn't just for me. It's going to be for you, too. If, if you can relate to that in some way, you know what? He will open those opportunities back up for you when you start to focus on God's plan and, you, and, you, and focus on your passions and not your hater's plan for your life. You know, here's what I've come to realize. If someone's talking badly about you or trying to put you down, it has nothing to do with you. It has everything to do with them, right? It has everything to do with them. You know, many times... You know, maybe haters are, are, are watching you get excited about something and um, it, it maybe triggers them. Maybe they've given up on something like that or given up on something in the past and their negativity, they're just taking it out on you. It doesn't have anything to do with you. You know, there's also another reason. Sometimes they're just going through, they're just going through some, some tough things inside. They might be struggling and they're coming out on you. They're lashing out on you and it's so easy to think, oh, I'm, I'm so bad. I'm so bad at this. But in reality... They're just dealing with something, and they're just taking it out on you, right? And, you know, nevertheless, it has nothing to do with you. And parents, please tell that to, to, your, to your kids, that it has nothing to, to do with you. It has everything to do with them when they're getting that kind of hate coming at them. And as crazy as it sounds, you know, pray for your haters, right? As crazy as that sounds. I mean, because, you know, not only, well, first, I mean, Jesus says to his followers, but I say, love your enemies, Pray for those who persecute you, and in that way you will be acting as true children of your Father in heaven. I love that. And you know, I really do. I, I try to adopt the perspective of, of, of praying for those that are giving me negativity because, you know, it just changes my perspective from, from being really hurt to being sad, being sad for that person, and then, and then being hopeful that, you know, the prayers can actually hopefully make a difference in their lives for the better and that they can find healing from that. You know, nevertheless, it has nothing to do with you guys if you are getting some hate right now or if your kids are getting some hate. So the next trap I want to go over is called the people-pleasing trap. And, um, you know, before I get into this one, I really, I really just want to say, you know, who you are is incredible, all right? There will never be another person just like you. 
I know that sh- sounds cliche and corny. I get it, right? <laughs> but it's the absolute truth. And it's not even my opinion, okay? That's God's opinion of you. It is the absolute truth, okay? And the truth is, you're never really going to feel truly loved by a community unless, unless you, feel, you feel good enough to really share, the, the, unless you feel good enough to, to share the real you with that community. And parents, please tell that to your kids. Okay, that's really important. You know, God made you unique, and that uniqueness is what needs to be shared with the world. You were created as a -a one-of-a-kind masterpiece, a work of art. No one else on earth can do what you were specifically created to do. And again, that's God's opinion. That's not my opinion. You know what? After dedicating about 10 years of my my life um, to pretty strictly the the pursuit of of my goals and ambitions and what I wanted to do... um, you know, I mean, really, honestly, what, what I've gotten from that is, is just that n- nothing can fill the void, the personal void and, and, the, and the insecurities and the loneliness that I've felt inside except for the love of God. It didn't matter how many likes, how many follows, you know, h- how many accomplishments, how big the deals were. It's like it didn't matter. It doesn't matter. It will never fulfill um, only what God can, and I know what you're thinking, you're a pastor's kid, you have to say that, come on, like, you've heard that your whole life, and I get that, and I have heard that my whole life, but you know what, it doesn't matter how much you've heard it, if, if you don't truly own it, and I actually, I vividly remember the time um, when I, I had to come to that conclusion, um, you know, after years of consistent work, people telling me I was crazy, but, but I kept pushing, and, you know, I had built, built my shows, I rebuilt everything up, and you know, I was, having, I was having sometimes millions of views coming in uh, every week, and, and um, it just kept growing. And, and yet it, it was the absolute loneliest I've ever felt in my life, and it was the unhappiest I've ever felt in my life. And I got what I wanted, I guess, but it wasn't what I actually wanted. And, you know, like... I'm sorry, guys. I got to get my notes. Can we give a round of applause real quick for the pastors that come up here and do this all the time? Golly. I'm going off, and then I'm like, oh, wait. Where was I? Here we go. Okay. <laughs> where was I? Here we go. Um, let's see here. All right. But, yeah, again, guys, it was just the loneliest I've ever felt. And the, the reason why is because I forgot about my mission. I forgot about why I started it became all about me. It became all about me and my accomplishments. And, you know, as I drove hard and fast towards my personal goals, I felt m- just even more lonely and isolated in them. I found I was trying to fill my own insecurities with just more likes, more follows, or more accomplishments. And, you know, we were created for something far bigger than to please ourselves or to please others. You know, Galatians 1.10 says, I'm not trying to win the approval of people, but of God. The Apostle Paul who wrote that had had lived a life of people pleasing and he realized it was a trap and instead that that God's God's purpose and approval were all that mattered. You know, it's so important to have a why that transcends people pleasing. You know, the famous psychiatrist and Holocaust survivor, Dr. Viktor Frankl, um, says that he who has a why can bear any how. You know, having a personal mission statement had always been something that was important to me. And at that low time in my life, I knew this was something I needed to revisit. You know, my intentions for building everything was just for that, to have an influence. It was never supposed to be about me, right? 
and it was time that I came back to this mission. No, I had lost sight of it. And when I, when I read it again, I read to influence people in my generation to live life to the full, helping them know their worth to God, encouraging, to, encouraging them to reach their full potential, and empowering others to do the same. And I had lost sight of that. I really had. And, you know, it actually took a hilarious <laughs> reality show casting <laughs> to snap me back to that mission. So I was actually flown out, but this is about, I guess, two years ago. I was flown out by ABC to be a part of a new, band, a new show uh, called Boy Band. And it, was about, and, it was, and it was about making America's next boy band. And you're going to know I'm a complete dork, okay? I like books. Okay, I'm not the, I'm not the boy band guy. And, but I thought, you know what? Why not fly out and just see what it's about and, and, and see what's going on there? So, so I arrive in uh, Hollywood with, along with 50 other guys. And immediately I'm like, what have I done? You know, it's like super boy bandy, you know what I mean? And I'm just like, oh man, here we go. And by the second day, so we're there for about three days, and by the second day I get a hold of um, one of the first of many contracts I would have to sign. And the thing with reality shows is they're going to own you. They're going to try to own you. You know, the first contract I looked at and I realized, okay, not only are they going to own my firstborn, but like all of my future babies, right? I mean, no, they were going to take, you know, all the songs I'd written, any song I would write, you know, they, 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 it, was, it was definitely completely binding. And the issue was, I was at kind of a transitional point, and I'm like, man, I don't know what God wants me to do right now. And I definitely don't know if, if this is the right move. If I were to sign it, I would lose the freedom to pursue new places that I sense God may, may take me. But, you know, I'm torn because as a songwriter, like shows like that, you don't, like, do that, right? I mean, that could take a career to another level, and, you know, people really think you're crazy if, if you say no to that. And, you know, what would people think? That was going on in my mind. So it's the second day at 1 a.m. now, and I'm wrestling back and forth. I'm like, okay, I just feel like this is not the thing to do. And little, little insight into reality shows, because it's like a high-stress environment, they have, they have people there staffed at 24 hours a day. So at 2.30, when I decided, okay, I'm going to withdraw from the show. When I, knocked on the, when I knocked on one of the hotel room doors at 2.30, somebody was there to answer. And uh, I, I respectfully was like, hey, you know, I'm sorry, I can't do the show. And they're like, okay, that's okay. And um, so I'm like, okay, great. That's great. So I go back to bed. And when I wake up in the morning, I got a call from the producers. So I wake up to a call from the producers and I'm like, oh no, here we go. And, you know, these are big Hollywood producers. And so I want to please them, right? I, I want them, I, I don't, want to make them angry or anything, and they were talking to me into staying, and I just felt like, you know what, this is, this is not what I'm supposed to do, and I said, I'm sorry, I can't do it, and so they said, well, well why don't you just stay, just stay, and we'll meet with you, you don't have to do the show, and we'll meet with you, so I'm like, all right, sweet, like, okay, I'll do that, and uh, I get back in bed, okay, so I get back in bed to take a little nap um, before I think I'm going to meet with them that night, because I've been up all night the night before, and you know, it's just funny looking back. I remember <laughs> as soon as I get in the bed, you know, another phone call. And I look at the area code and it's Burbank, right? And so I'm thinking, oh, oh no, what, what is it now? And I answer and I answer to, uh, you're late. I'm like, late for what? And, uh, you know, the producers want you down immediately. You know, you got to come right now. You're late. And I'm like dazed and confused. I'm like half asleep. Like, wait, I... We're meeting, this must be the meeting. I was super naive. So I'm like, okay, we must be meeting now. Okay, great, awesome. And so, you know, I'm brushing my teeth with one hand, tuning my guitar. I go run down the hallway. I get into the conference room. And then uh, I get greeted by uh, a big uh, TV camera and, you know, 
interviewer there for the pre-audition interview. <laughs> and I'm like, oh no, so much for meeting with the producers. And um, it was funny. Okay, I've been in some bad interviews, but I've never been in an interview as bad as this one. Okay, so it was basically like this. I walk in, it's like this. All the other um, uh, guys that were casted for the show were like right here like you guys. So they're all watching. Mike comes on to me. The first question is, okay, why do you deserve to be in America's next boy band? And I'm like, and I, I, I'm pretty sure I was like, uh, can we come back to that one? And all of, the, all of the guys were just shaking their heads like, who invited this guy? Why is this guy here? What the heck? Guys, it was, uh, it was one of those bad, bad interviews. So I'm like, okay, well, at least it can't get any worse from here. So they escort me. It did. They now escort me to where I'm supposed to sing on TV. Um, and when I get nervous, my throat dries up. Really, it really dries up. I'm supposed to sing Stevie Wonder. And so it's, it's not good to sing Stevie Wonder when my throat's like completely dried up. I'm thinking, oh, no. Now I'm picturing myself on like the next like fail compilation, right? Like, what is it? Um, William Hung or like, you know, General Larry Platt, like the pants on the ground style, right? Like, oh, man, here we go. And so I get up on the stage. You know, the judges are there and lights hit me. And I just remember telling myself, okay, you know what? Worst case, this will be a funny story to tell one day. And uh, yeah, was it my best audition? I, I, I made it through, but you know what? It was <laughs> a funny story to tell now, so that was good. So after being pitched, right, this is kind of funny, after being pitched for like three days, the dream, right? They're selling us the dream, like, you're going to be in this boy band, it's going to be crazy, come on. Then before we get on the flight back home, they have us meet with lawyers. <laughs> and the lawyers are there quickly to tell us, hey, guys, if you do this, like, like, you're done. Like, you're locked in, right? And I just knew in my heart that, that it wasn't what I was supposed to do. It wasn't what I was supposed to do. I just knew that that was in my heart. But it was tough because when I was home, I was getting calls and, and texts like, like, you have to do this. You're crazy for even questioning this. What are you talking about? You're not going to do it. Like, you have to do this. And, um, you know, I almost, I almost fell for the people-pleasing trap again. You know, I, I almost fell for it. And... Um, you know, in the end, I, I, I turned the show down, and I, and I didn't do the show. But making that tough decision was to please God rather than people, and it had unforeseen blessings, right? You know, believe it or not, two of the 50 guys that were, that were also flown out um, were, were two twins, amazing vocalists, great Christian guys, and they lived three miles away from me in Cedar Park. I had never known. I'd never met them, never seen them. And, you know, I was transferring schools at the time, to, to uh, Concordia here, and I, um, and so I called them, and I said, guys, I know this is weird, like, we just met, but I'm, I need roommates, are you, would, do you guys need any roommates, and they had been praying for roommates that entire time, and so it was just one of those things where it's like, wow, and now we're, you know, incredible friends, some of my best friends, and we're able to make music together and have a great time with that, you know, but most importantly, you know, turning down the show, I really believe brought me back to my mission, right? It brought me back to my mission to influence people in my generation to know their worth to God, encouraging them to reach their full potential. And it led me to spend this year, um, you know, writing uh, my book. Uh, it's called More Than Liked, Staying True to You in a Social Media Obsessed Generation. And I wrote that book because, you know, I, I just wanted to help uh, the youth with the different things that I've struggled with on social media and things that we all can, right? Things involving self-worth, you know, dealing with hate confidence, even purpose in life, all the different pressures that, that my generation and the younger generation is dealing with. 
And I wanted to speak to that. I felt like it was my obligation to use the influence that I had to just try to pay it forward in some way. Just try to pay it forward and to try to help the youth. And, um, and so that's why I spent that year writing that book. And, you know, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have written it if I, had, if I had done the show and if I would have done what I felt everybody wanted me to do, but what I knew in my heart wasn't right. If I would have fallen for that people-pleasing trap, I would never have written the book and I would have never have, you know, um, um, you know seen the encouragement that's been able to, to spread through that. And, you know, it's amazing how opportunities show up when you let go of people-pleasing and instead hold on to pleasing God. It's not just for me, that's for all of us. You know, your story is different, but our God is the same. And in his eyes, you are so much more than liked. So live that way and thrive in this social media-obsessed generation. Thank you guys so much for having me. I really, really appreciate it. Thank you guys. Thank you all so much. I'd love to meet you, by the way. I'll, I'll be out there, so I'd love to meet you guys.